Your inner geek wants to come out and play, but where to go? Join Vernon Wells, the ultimate club where you and your fellow geeks can hang out, play games, and just nerd out 24-7. Whether you love RPGs, video games, or are just a major fan of sci-fi and geek culture, Vernon Wells has something for everyone. Let your geek flag fly at Vernon Wells. Sign up today and see for yourself. VNW.club. That's VNW.club. Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend Enfuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hi there. We've got the show's namesake. He's back. It's BJ Shea. This looks familiar, but where am I? Oh, no. <laughs> and running the boards is Joey Dees. Hi. Hello. On today's show, we will get some movie news from Gareth Von Kallenbach. We will talk television with BJ's review of Picard, the first episode. No spoilers for the second one. Uh, we won't do it. And Joey Dees will help. Oh, Hooray. nice. And then we will talk Doctor Who and how Doctor Who is making history. And, of course, the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, BJGeekNation.com. It's going to have our blogs, blog, blogs, podcasts. You know what you're doing. Blogs. And more. Blogs. Blogcasts. <laughs> uh, but just find us uh, with BJ Shays Geek Nation, BJ Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, uh, Radio.com, and iTunes. Facebook is back, baby. Yeah. Ooh. It took a while, but we got it back. You know, some technical <laughs> difficulties, but we sure, got it. Really? <laughs> Someday we'll tell you the story. It's actually a problem that only successful people have, so it's kind of nice. Oh, yes. Yeah, we had a successful people problem. Uh, <laughs> so thank you for making yeah. us successful. I'm and, successful. <laughs> and one way to make us successful, actually, is to leave us a rating. Uh, do that on... On whichever podcatcher you use, if it's uh, Apple Podcast or hey. Stitcher or Stitcher. any of those, uh, give us a five star review. Give us some words. Take a screenshot of that. Shoot us an email. Let me know what's going on. And uh, you know what? I'll send you a comic book. And in that comic book will be a little placard that says BJ Shay's Geek Nation and it has all of our signatures. Nice. Yeah, isn't that fun? Yeah. So um, leave a review anywhere that you can leave reviews. And uh, I, also, I think radio.com, also the app, uh, you are able to get our podcast too. Yeah, so it's a great way to do that and uh, give us some props, make us feel better about ourselves. And, I mean, I'm not above bribing people. I like that plan. <laughs> uh, let's talk with Mr. Gareth Von Kallenbach from Skewed and Reviewed. He's got a ton of movie news out there. And, man, I guess it's just reboot season. Gareth Von Kallenbach joins us, and like I always say, you can get more information at Skewed and Reviewed. Search for it on Google because it's really easy, but you can go to the website, sknr.net. Gareth, now, reboots have always been a Hollywood thing, and now they've, they're more than ever, but it looks like we're going to possibly get a reboot of the thing, but with a twist, right? Yes, and this is a very interesting one. I'm a big fan of the uh, series, and I was one that actually didn't mind the prequel that shared the same title of it, but that underperformed at the box office. A lot of people thought, okay, this is it for the franchise. And what has happened is Bloomhouse, as you may know, they're behind so many horror films these days producing oh, yeah. them, um, decided to go back. And what they did was a lot of people will know that the original thing was based on a 1930s short story called who goes there oh. and that became the film in 1951 the thing from another world where it was essentially like, like a giant carrot which became john carpenter's <laughs> the thing and then became the reboot well what has apparently happened was there has been a uh, full-length story discovered that they thought had been 
lost. It basically uh, showed up. It's a new take on the 1930s novella. And so what has happened is they've decided to take this original, uh, never, you know, never before seen thing they found, full length novel, and it's called Frozen Hell. Ooh. And they've decided what they're going to do is apparently they're fast tracking it. Uh, people are posting saying deals are done, money has changed hands. And apparently they want to adapt this never before seen novella, which will also have, well, novel, excuse me, mm-hmm. which will also pay homage to the John Carpenter films as well as the one that went before it. So essentially it's the an original source material that has been expanded and is going to incorporate elements of the others, but I'm told it is essentially a reboot. It is not going to be a sequel, but the idea will be the same creature on the loose Antarctica people stranded and uh, we'll go from there it kind of reminds me a little bit of kind of that that adjacent sequel that would be like the cloverfield series yeah and i think that's a good way to look at it it's i think my guess is they probably will go from the beginning with them finding the creature in the ice and so on and so forth but i think once it gets loose you will start to see nods to the other films. And that'd be very interesting to see, because I know with the reboot, uh, the prequel, one of the biggest arguments that they had was some people were in the camp of CGI, some people wanted practical effects like they used in the first film. And in some cases, they tried to combine the two of them, and that kind of divided fans. They're like, Uh. I I don't like that. And it's like, look, you know, it's a new world. We have options (laughs) available to us now that weren't available in 82. And truthfully, I think you'd be silly not to at least consider using the CGI options because think how many ways you can twist and mutate that thing. Oh, gosh, yeah, right. Digitally. I'm actually pretty excited for that. I'd love to see how they're going to do that. Now, one that I know that Vicky is super excited about but has been languishing in in development hell for so long, pun intended on that one, uh, is The Crow. Uh, What's the news coming out now, man? All right, so here's how this this tangled mess has Uh happened. Originally, Bradley Cooper was going to be in it. That fell apart. And they've gone everywhere from Jack Houston to Luke Evans. They even had Jason Momoa attached at one time. And they thought that it was actually, that was, of all the concepts, that was the one that apparently got closest to, uh, you know, happening before it all fell apart. Now, supposedly, um, the company that had a deal in place to finance and distribute it are involved, but they said, you know, Momoa, Tom Hardy, all these people are not going to be in it. And what they're going to do is they're going to try a more direct adaptation of the 1990, uh, 1989 comic that they based the original Brandon Lee film around. Now, so at this point, we don't have a name attached to it. All we have is the production company saying, we're moving forward on this, or at least we intend to move forward. And it'll be interesting to see if it happens, because as you know, this has been a really interesting franchise. You had the first film with all the, you know, sadness and controversy around it. I think the follow-ups that came, everybody could agree, just were not (laughs) in the same category. The last two were all pretty much straight to video, and the Edward Furlong was out of uh, theaters in I think two days and on video a week later. And so I think you're seeing a case of they want to do it right. They're not rushing it. But at the same time, you get to a point where if you don't move on it, uh, you're basically just wasting time. And, you know, a lot of these deals, they have to get things in production by a certain date and so on and so forth. So it'd be very interesting to see if they can't actually get this thing 
done. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's just, I mean, the 90s were almost 30, I mean, literally 30 years ago. So maybe it's just past its prime. I'm not going to tell uh, Vicky that, but, so we're not going to worry about that. Uh, moving on from that, though, Birds of Prey comes out this year. Uh, but there's already, talk, there's already talk about sequel, man. What's up? Correct. And now, of course, I always tell people not to be a wet blanket, but remember, this is DC, this is Warner Brothers, and we had all these Justice League sequels planned, and we had all these Aquaman sequels planned. Now, I still think we may see one of those, but, um, you know, or two of those, uh, but, you know, only Wonder Woman has made it the sequel route. They're rebooting Batman again. We don't know what's going on with Superman, so I always say, take this with a grain of salt. They are apparently... Uh, talking that should Birds of Prey find an audience and be successful, that a potential sequel would have Poison Ivy appearing in it. And that would make sense because if you remember the the Batman the animated series, Harley Quinn, who was a, a, originally a character who debuted there, was a, a a fast friend of Poison Ivy, and they had done a lot of stuff even in the comic books with both of them. So it would stand to make some some sort of sense. Yeah, exactly. And see, and that's the thing. I, they're sitting there, uh, they being Warner Brothers, they being DC, with this huge list of characters. And they haven't always found the right way to bring them forward. Mm-hmm. On the other side of the aisle, here's Marvel, who are able to take some of the most obscure characters they have and have cinematic <laughs> gold with them. Yeah, right. And so they're sitting here going, all right, you know, We've heard what Marvel's got coming, and then there are all these rumors about what's following it. Maybe we need to, you know, when we get a hit, instead of uh, putting all these resources into, oh, let's develop this one, let's develop this one, kind of like they did with Wonder Woman. They didn't mess around. They said, this worked. Let's bring the director back. Let's bring the people back. Let's move on this rather than trying to reinvent the wheel. Totally. I'm very excited to see what they're going to be doing with this movie anyway, because I'm just I, I'm interested to see what a, what a Birds of Prey are going to be able to do, because I was a real big fan of them in uh, in the 90s, uh, going back to the 90s, watching it on the animated series. So we'll have to see what that. And then finally, we've got some Fast and Furious news that is actually very poignant for today. Yes. So we have the big game this weekend and there's going to be some um Theatrical trailers. Now, I've been told not as many as you might expect during the movie due to the $5.6 million price tag. <laughs> so you're having some do pregame stuff, and then you have some doing these very clever things. And what you have is Universal has got a concert that's going on. Apparently, they may stream it and that sort of thing. Ooh. But the trailer is set to drop at 1 p.m. Pacific time today. And it will be, uh, obviously, it'll be some kind of uh teaser trailer moving forward into a larger trailer that will come later, but they're going all out for it. And so this is a big thing they've said. Um, There's a 50 second trailer tease available now. So people are expecting a more full size trailer uh, to come with it later this afternoon. So that's where we're at. And they've already, um, as far as we understand it, they've already planned a 10th film. And beyond that, we don't know what's happening. So, you know, they're very, optimistic about this we've been hearing stories that um you know cats and uh doolittle have not performed well at the box office and could be having huge losses and yet universal doesn't care because they say we've got fast nine 
and Minions 3 coming, and those are <laughs> going to be huge hits and will offset anything we've got. So a lot of, lot of confidence in this one. Yeah, I can't imagine that it's going to be any sort of uh, anything less than a box office blockbuster. And I know that if, uh, if you guys are listening to this late, you can head over to SKNR.net, hit up all of the social media for Skewed and Reviewed because you'll have that trailer there and also more information about comic books, video games, TV shows, movies, and so much more. Thank you so much, Gareth. Anytime. Take care. Thank you so much, Gareth. Again, Gareth von Kallenbach at Skewed and Review. That is SKNR.net. Now, let's talk about Picard. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun. Now, one of the things I've noticed, now, episode two is out already, but we're not going to be talking about that, like I said. We'll talk about it next Friday, number one. Number one. <laughs> Somewhere getting there on that one there. Uh, yeah. But yeah, uh, we usually wait a week on everything. And uh, you did, BJ. You weren't here last week. No, I wasn't. But you did see the first episode. Yes, we were all very excited for it. Joey Dees, of course, he and I have been watching Star Trek ever since he was a wee boy. Aww. I was a tiny lass. Yeah, Aww. next gen, deep sleep nine, the whole thing, you know, <laughs> all that good stuff. And uh, yeah, so we, 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 you know, we watched Discovery together, which the third season probably will debut very shortly after Picard is done. But yeah, we were all excited, like, okay, Patrick Stewart's in. He's like, I think there are stories to tell. There's a brand new way we can go with this and uh, we saw what they did in Remembrance which is an interesting storyline that actually harkens back to season one of Star Trek The Next Generation I do appreciate that how so well, what do you say, Joey? Did you get? Oh, actually, I had to remind Joey because he didn't quite make the connection, and I had to go online and I've been watching a lot of uh, Easter eggy things that are out there on YouTube, and uh, there's some great Easter eggs. It shows you all the stuff you may have missed that uh, harken back to the uh, to the old series. But it, but the idea is simple: is that synthetics, which is what Commander Data was, a synthetic being, mm-hmm. have been banned because they went crazy and destroyed the Utopia shipyard. On Mars. Oh, they went uh, all Terminator. Yeah, they did. And these aren't the emotional synthetics because Data was special because he was like a very updated model because I forget his name, Marco, Marco. Oh, uh, uh, Sun Yun Yun. Uh, uh, so Dr. Sun Yun, Dr. Sun, actually, I yes. forget his full name. He's the guy that created the good one. Yeah, he gets exiled and goes to a different planet. And that's oh, that's whole- Dr. Maddox. That's who yeah. you're talking about. No, 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 same thing. Yeah. Sunio also, because well, he went crazy and wanted to do his own he thing. Went his, he went yeah. his own way. Yeah, and he went to a different planet, and they have a whole story arc in Next Gen about that. Yes. But um. so the ones that revolt are a much lesser model, if that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. And like this, Generation 1 sort of yeah. thing. This yeah. happens, by the way, pretty much after Romulus explodes. And if you remember, Romulus explodes, which is why Spock was trying to figure it out. He gets thrown back in time, and we create the J.J. Abrams universe. Okay. But Romulus is still gone. I mean, if you remember, Nero, he went back in time and went after Spock because he wanted to make him pay, and cre- oh, that created and, a whole new timeline. And last week, we were trying to figure out, I forgot that Romulus exploded in the Prime universe. Yeah, so Romulus is gone in oh, the time of, wow. in the time after, basically, Nemesis. So Star Trek Nemesis, when Data's dead, shortly after that, that last movie, that is when Romulus explodes, and then all the J.J. stuff happens. We are now picking up what is it, 20 years about after? That, yeah. 20 years after, basically, the time of Nero going back in time and Romulus oh, exploding. Oh, okay. That yeah. makes a lot more sense. 
Yeah, and I think the whole thing starts off with Picard's retired because he's pissed off that the Federation didn't help the Romulans out. As you know, the Romulans are a bad guy, essentially, mm-hmm. throughout the series. Their, their species is essentially conniving and very sneaky and wants to overthrow the, the Federation. They never do. Ha! But uh, <laughs> They're very shady, yeah. uh, you know, and uh, they had the Tal Shiar, which is basically the Romulan Section 31, uh, and you've seen them, and, they're, and they, you know, they've always done their dangerous experiments. The Romulans are famous for just doing all these experiments, and who cares who dies yep. as long as we do that. So the Romulans have been very sneaky, suspicious, not necessarily evil. Their worldview was just different than the Federation's worldview. And it was never all of them. It was like a 50-50 split. Mm-hmm. There was the evil side and the good side, so... Picard's pissed off because the Federation doesn't end up wanting to help them as Romulus is going to explode because they yeah. know it. It's a supernova of their star. Yeah. And uh, what do you call it? Spock fails in his timeline. Apparently, they lead you to believe they fail in, th- in this timeline as well. And that's why Picard retires. He's pissed off at the Federation. Used in, and the Federation used the synthetic overthrow of and, and destruction of the utopian uh, shipyards on Mars as a reason why now we can't help the Romulans because this just happened. Oh. And Picard's like, that's BS. We still should help the Romulans. Uh, okay, definitely yeah. a message there because yeah. uh, you know in the episode they give you some exposition via an interview with Picard and they go so th- all these years ago this happened and, and it was a, a, basically an ambush interview and Picard's getting pissed and he's like we should have helped them I don't get out of my house that sounds yeah. pretty good yeah so so that's the background of the the story and then the arc that we're following now is an a human slash probably android with data like abilities. Who might be his daughter? But but, but who date, needs date help it? from Picard? Yeah, date his daughter. A flesh yeah. and blood synthetic. Um, they'll probably explain to us why she can be considered Data's daughter. But I like it because back in the original series, or I should say Next Gen, Data did try to make, he tried to make a daughter. Her name was Lol. She didn't live long. Lol. But he tried mm. to reproduce in the way that he could. They believe that there huh. is technology that has created to pass, as, as Data tried to download himself into this B4 android that was a lesser android. It was the first version of him. That didn't work. But they figured out a way that maybe huh. this guy, Dr. Maddox, and Joe and I didn't realize at the beginning that this is just not a random name. Dr. Bruce Maddox, who is... just took off and decided maybe to do his own thing once they banned synthetics. He's the dude that put Data on trial in season one in the Measure of a Man episode, which Picard fought heartily to say, Data is a man. He's a sentient being. And they're like, no, he's a robot. We're going to take him apart. And um, so Dr. Maddox, at the end of that episode, kind of turned around and said, hey, maybe Data's not so bad after all because he's his own guy. Turns out he's been doing a lot of research over the years, and including, I guess, maybe some forbidden research since synthetics have been banned. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense, though, because if he's been doing all of that previously, I like like, he it. would still keep doing it. I like it a lot. We've uh, got some people, including my buddy David, who I play games with, and he works for the military. He hates everything. And he's like, <laughs> I don't know what Star Trek they're watching, but, you know, Picard never cared about Data that much. And it's like, are you uh, kidding he me? He really did. He no, cared I about Data this. as much as anybody. It's just Picard never, he's British. He doesn't care about anybody. <laughs> Though, I mean, I well, believe Picard, he's French. Okay. That's but I mean, saying, but he's, he's definitely got a British <laughs> accent, which means he was raised probably with an English upbringing. Uh, and I like the episode a lot. Joey, you had some problems a little bit, but... So they're doing the whole thing. It's uh, the main actress who plays the half-android, half-human right now is actually a twin. So she's playing two different characters, as we find out towards the end of the episode, and they're not very well-defined right now. And CBS does this thing with their editing where a character is in a very dramatic scene and then will be immediately in another scene where they're the completely opposite, where they're very calm and 
you know, cool. And I just get kind of taken away when that happens because, you know, this okay. chick essentially gets her boyfriend gets shot in front of her because she doesn't know she's a synthetic when the, the show starts out. And she's like very dramatic up with the, talking to Patrick Stewart's character and being like, oh, my gosh, I don't know what I'm supposed to do, blah, blah, blah. And then the next thing, she's just like totally fine. And you're like, eh, I don't okay. know if that's really believable. So I don't really blame her so much. But that arc is just kind of hard to follow when you're like, she's supposed to be a regular human. Her boyfriend's been shot. She's being hunted by bounty hunters. She should be like freaking out in every scene, essentially. But she's not. And then later on, you kind of see, oh, she's playing two different characters. I bet the script was kind of hard. So hopefully later on when more episodes come out, it'll be very defined and rigid where her mm-hmm. character is. And I went with, is this sort of like an emotion chip thing where Data was able to shut off his emotion chip and therefore wasn't freaking out like we saw? I forget which Star Trek movie where he got the chip. And then Picard basically oh, said, yeah. Data, maybe you should shut off your emotion chip because he was tripping. And he goes, okay, shuts it off. and Oh, I'm okay to go about business. <laughs> I don't know if they were making a, a callback to that, but Joe, the editing didn't make that clear. That's for Sure. Yeah, but the ending thing essentially is is that the Romulans are reconstructing a Borg spacecraft. Yeah, a the Borg, Borg cube. They got a Borg cube in their reclamation station because they got no planet. Wow. And they know, and they got new Romulan warbirds Whoa. that look pretty awesome. So that was the coolest part. I was they, like, dope. Let's just follow this story. <laughs> because uh, you know the Romulans never do dangerous experimentation. Oh yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah. Never up to no good. Yeah, that's safe. Actually, oh. it kind of seems like they would be kind of simpatico with the Borg. I mean, uh, the experiments, adding parts. You know, oh. resistance is futile. One of us, one of us, one of us. And they're not happy because, well, you know, their planet got blown up and well, yeah, the Federation I mean, yeah. didn't help them exactly. after they promised they would. So We're the Romulans finished. probably hate us. Oh, I love it. So you guys going to keep watching then, Heck I assume. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was a great episode. The special effects, the technology, all of it. It was fun seeing Data again uh, in dream sequences. And we know we're going to meet a cool crew of this vagabond ship he's got. He's going to get. It's going to be like, you know, he's got a ragtag crew, going to go across the galaxy, meet some people we know from back in the day, including Seven of Nine, who I hope really does become part of his crew because she rocks. Uh, it looks good. Moving on from that, uh, Doctor Who actually made history, BJ. Yeah, Doctor Who, man, talk about being able to do stuff where you, you know, that, that, that you actually can keep a secret and not know what's going on. Now, it could be because I don't pay attention to the internets, but I've <laughs> uh, been watching the season, enjoyed the season. The biggest complaint last year was the fact that they had no iconic Who villains. They were all brand new people along with a brand new Doctor. I didn't hate that. I thought, okay, let's get to know this vibe, this new cool thing. I didn't mind that at all. I figured, look, at some point they'll bring back some of the classics, and that's exactly what they've done in season two. Uh, we got to see the master come back, and I love the the, the 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 actor playing the master, and I can't wait to see more of that. We also have, uh, got a revisit to Gallifrey, and Gallifrey has basically been destroyed by the master, but he said he had good reason. I'm sure. Said that actually he and the doctor have been lied to their entire lives by what Gallifrey is all about. That's a mystery. Uh, Captain Jack Harkness came back in this episode. John Barrowman, who is a beloved man uh, in the world of Doctor Who, and you know, off off screen, apparently he did not get along so well with Stephen Moffat, who was the producer for so many years and showrunner and that's not a big secret and uh well every you know everybody loved john 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 barrowman and and captain jack apparently except steve moffat so (laughs) he never showed up again uh well he showed up and chris chibnall thank you sir because i think captain jack is a great character and it was funny how he did what he did but the big surprise was 
that the uh, episode had uh, the Jadoon, who are space rhinos, who just go, fro tro mo They're the greatest aliens space ever. Space rhinos. They're awesome. <laughs> they are. They're basically police for hire. Okay. And okay. they are so one way. It's like, you know, they're, they're to the point where somebody shoves one of the Jadoon, and he goes, you have assaulted a police officer, and your crime is a, a penalty of death. And then he just shoots him. Execution been carried out. It's just like they go, okay, well, boom, boom, boom. We know what's happened. You go die. Well, thanks. And, and, <laughs> and I just love the Jadoon. They are so awesome. And we first saw them uh, with David Tennant's version of the Doctor. And so it's great to see them back. And the Jadoon are here because they're looking for a fugitive. And the entire episode, they make us believe that this one dude is the fugitive. And his, meanwhile, his wife is clueless. Like, I don't understand what's going on. And, you know, and one dude's keeping a, a dossier on this fugitive. And, and nobody's believing him. He's just a crazy guy. And finally, he reveals, yes, I'm a guy, but listen, get my wife out of here, blah, blah, blah. So eventually we start to realize that the wife also, there's something a little off about her, uh, an actor by the name of Joe Martin who does a great job with this. And so eventually she goes to a lighthouse. She's told, in case of glass, it's like, break glass and follow the light. And that's what she's told all to right, do. So kind of in case of emergency yeah. sort of thing. So all right, she goes all right, to the lighthouse right. where she's raised, and she tells the story about her life and all of these different things. But the doctor's like, but there's just something off. I don't understand. And then the doctor goes, what's over there? It looks like a gravestone. She goes, oh, yeah, that's where my parents were buried. So the doctor goes over to the gravestone. Meanwhile, she sees this in case of whatever, break glass. Mm -hmm. So the woman's like, oh, I was told to do this. She breaks the glass. Meanwhile, doctor is, is using her sonic screwdriver to see who's in the graves. And she's like, there are no bodies in the graves. She's like, what the hell is this? I'm getting all these weird readings. And she's like, and there's no names on the gravestone. And then we see this woman get bathed in this golden light. We have seen this before on Doctor Who. Mm -hmm. It's usually because somebody's been through what's called a chameleon arch, which allows a Time Lord to have his body completely look like any alien species it wants, and it wipes the Time Lord's memory so they don't know who they are. Oh. It's a way to protect themselves if anybody ever comes hunting for them. You don't know who you are. Your body looks totally whatever like you want it to look like. We've seen it before in a great Wait. episode called Human Nature. It was a two-parter, which was originally based on a book that was written about Doctor Who. Fantastic Tenant episode. We've seen it with the Master. And now we're like, wait a second. Who the heck is this? Because we know it's a Time Lord thing. Yeah. And there's only one other Time Lord we've never seen from the old, 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 old shows. And it's a Time Lord called the Ronnie. We've seen the Master. We've seen the Doctor. And we've never seen the Ronnie. So immediately I'm like... Is, and, of course, the Ronnie was a woman. So we're like, is this the Ronnie? Are we going to see the Ronnie? Yeah. Well, then she comes out. The doctor's like, what the F do you got buried down there? But she's dressed in a completely cool-looking, weird outfit. It's like, it's I, an outfit. I saw the pictures of the outfit. Yeah, it looks like, pretty sweet. It's like, this is a weird, sweet way. And you're like, you know, the only people that wear outfits that are really freaky and weird like this are Time Lords. So it's like, all right, she's a Time Lord. And she just looks at Jodie Whittaker and says, don't worry, don't worry. I know you're all messed up and everything, but I'll, I'll help you. My head's clear. Let me, just, let me just start from the top. She says, hello, I'm the doctor. And we're like, what? what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, We've seen wait, that before. The governor, the actor who played the governor, he did that, but it was early. It was, it was He just got hit on the head and thought he was the doctor, but he really was never the doctor. <laughs> this woman then transports us to, as she digs it. Meanwhile, Jodie Whittaker's digging up this grave, and what do we see in the grave? The top of a sign that says, police box. <laughs> She's digging out a TARDIS. 
And meanwhile, that's when the new doctor comes by and goes, oh, yeah, let me take you. This And, she, and so she's treating Jodie Whittaker like Jodie Whittaker is just a regular human being. And she goes, and so she's treating Jodie Whittaker like, hi, human, would you like to see something really cool? And so she goes, here, let me show you something really cool. Takes her into the TARDIS. Jodie Whittaker's like, what the A? The TARDIS inside looks very much like era of the first doctor, era of the second doctor, maybe the third doctor. It's old school inside. Wow. And Jodie Whittaker's like, hey, dude, uh, I'm not just a regular human being. I am a time lord. I'm the doctor. And then this woman says, well, you can't be the doctor. I don't know you at all. Who the hell are you? And it's, and so Jody goes, okay, well, that means then I'm after you, but that's impossible because if I was after you, I would remember you, and I don't remember you either. Who are you? Jody then analyzes her with a sonic screwdriver, and it's like, we're the same person. How is this possible? And that was a big thing, too, because Chris Chibnall, the showrunner, has said out there that she is definitely the doctor. Yes, and it even said at the end of the episode, and introducing, introducing Joe Martin as the Doctor. Yeah, so yeah. the lore of the Doctor is this. The Doctor gets 12 regenerations, and the 12th regeneration should have been actually Matt Smith. Like, that should have been the last one he had. But then they introduced the War Doctor, which was a Doctor we never heard about between uh, Eccleston's Doctor and Tennant's Doctor. Uh, I, I should say between McGann's Doctor and Tennant's Doctor. Yeah. So we didn't know about this guy. That meant, okay, then actually Matt Smith is the last guy. Regenerations are gone. They come up with a reason to give him new regenerations oh, so we can have yeah, Capaldi. Sure. Well, yeah, why not? But the idea <laughs> is, is that who is this person? Because they ran out of regenerations, so she can't fit into... Uh, how are they going to explain this? That she because th- th- that would have meant that David Tennant should have been the last Doctor with, with regenerations. So everyone's like tripping out. Like I, how I can she tell. Fit yeah, in? I can tell you. Like your brain's working trying to figure out what's going on with she, it. She acts like she doesn't know what a sonic screwdriver is, which is about kind of like what an older Doctor. It hmm. wasn't like Patrick. Patrick, the second Doctor, I think created the screwdriver. The first Doctor knew nothing about a sonic screwdriver, so it's possible she fits in between one and two. Whoa! But he, she kind of doesn't know. You know the and plus her. Her her inside is so old; it's nothing like the TARDIS as we've seen from the recent times. It's exciting. I, I can no tell. Idea. I can yeah. tell how just stoked you are about and, this. And, and <laughs> here's the thing: I haven't mentioned what people said are historic about this because, frankly, I get it. Look, I'm a white privileged guy, and you know nobody likes to hear me say that it's not historic. But really, I'm a fan of Doctor Who. I'm more excited how she fits in. Not that she's an African American actress for the mm-hmm. first time playing the role, because I didn't even notice that. What I noticed was like. What the F? Where do you fit in? Who are you? What is- and Joe Martin was brilliant. I would tell you what I want to see. Mm. I want to see her as the doctor sometime. Yeah. She was so amazing. Oh, my God. She knocked it out of the park. She was a great doctor. I The, 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 the play between her and Jodie Whittaker was so fantastic. I loved it. And, yes, it's monumental because, it's, sure, she's an African-American woman playing this role. I think that, yeah, that's terrific for all the right reasons. But as a true fan, I didn't give a crap because I thought, these are two doctors and I don't understand what's going on and they're amazing (laughs) (laughs) that is awesome i just love how stoked you are about it uh now we got to get on to the geek sheet with vicky b vicky what's going on with movies this week Uh, not anything that we care about like Uh, i really don't care about taylor swift i really oh whoa yeah i mean tay tay's doing something Uh, taylor swift i don't like tay tay (laughs) you know everyone has that one celebrity you have no reason to like Dislike, but you do anyways. She's that person. She's that one for you. No Swifty. I am not. I'm proud of it. There's only Gretel and Hansel, but nothing's even really said on that. Oh, that's actually supposed to be a a, thing. A horror movie. The only person on this that 
is somebody that we know is Alice Krieg. Krieg. Oh, Krieg, who played the Borg Queen back in the day and also was in the OA. Yep. She was the the adopted mother in the OA. Yeah. But basically, it's based on the Grimm stories, or fairy tales, excuse me. So, I mean, if you like that kind of stuff, go for it. (laughs) But I I found this article on Crack.com, and it's actually really interesting because you always wonder, how is it that these big movies can keep secrets? Like, when it comes to Star Wars or even Marvel or even as something as simple as like right now here in Seattle, we're getting a hockey team and we don't know what the name is. We have some leaks, but somebody knows out there. Someone has already made the shirts and everything. Well, That's what you were saying. Well, or, or at the Doctor Who episode that we were just talking about. I mean, I had no idea that there was going to be a big Doctor reveal like there right. was. So you're right. I don't know how they get to keep stuff like that secret. So apparently they do different things on different movie sets. Like, for example, to ensure nothing came out about Star Wars The Force Awakens, scripts were printed on dark red pages to prevent any photocopying. Oh, wow. Okay. So using the technology to keep it under wraps. Nice. Uh, but, I yeah. mean, it's kind of funny, though, because in the last uh, the last one, uh, the uh, Rise of Skywalker, it was leaked that John Boyega, actually, the script that got out was his fault because he was it was under his bed, and then they moved, and somebody picked it up. Oh. Yeah, and so that whole thing came out back then. So, I mean, sometimes doesn't, doesn't technology doesn't help you. Nope. Uh, but in Game of Thrones, I know they had a lot of issues, and it was that was one of the most, I think, spoiled shows. Oh, like, gosh, yeah. People least respected the spoiler-free zone with that show. Yeah. But the way directors were able to keep it all secret, because fans and paparazzi were so intent on getting season eight spoilers that they found ways to bypass set security. The solution was to just give them fake shoots to spy on. <laughs> So they would set up fake yeah, shoots yeah. for them to like spy on and then kind of go do their own thing. Oh, that's, that's so funny. That's what you got to do. Yeah, they had to set up a bunch of fake scenes. Well, it was just like with uh, uh, The Walking Dead. People were going over there with drones just to see who would be at the casting calls right. and say, oh, well, this person's going to be here. Oh, this person's coming back. Maybe they're doing a flashback. They're doing this and that. And you're like... Can we just watch the show, guys? No, not anymore. We can't. Oh, God, no. So no. what did J.J. Abrams do to keep paparazzi away from Star Trek Into Darkness? Ooh. He built a giant wall. He barricaded the <laughs> movie's outdoor set with 30 shipping containers. That's wow. funny. It's interesting that now that that has to be a cost of making a movie is keeping paparazzi out. Mm-hmm. It wow. really does, yeah. All right. If you guys haven't seen Sherlock, spoiler alert. Oh, Okay. The, the, the series. He's a detective, right? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so the mystery at the end of Sherlock's season's, uh, second season finale, the big one, wasn't whether he survived, but how. So several decoy scenarios were filmed, and the Star Benedict Cumberbatch even let slip a few details in a video for Comic-Con in the end. Some of the fake scenes were incorporated into the third season's opening episode as a dramatization in, of in-universe in theories, but the show never really explained how he did it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. So they, he just did a bunch of different things. Yeah. So that's how they kind of prevented that. Um, apparently uh, in Doctor Who, yes. as a security measure during the 2005 series of Doctor Who, the production team renamed pre, uh, preview tapes of the program Torchwood to trick any video pirates desperate to get their hands on a revival. So Torchwood is an anagram of Doctor Who. And that's exactly what they ended up using and, and when they created a whole new series and a whole new branch of, if you will, yep. the quid. The, the spinoff yeah. in 2006. Not crazy. 
Uh, so apparently, anti-air guns guarded the Game of Thrones set. Ah. So anti oh for drones. Yeah, so the studio <laughs> had people with drone killer guns watching the sky, ready to shoot down any drones. Wow, that sounds like a bad, like a GoBots version of uh, the the Star Killer base. Yeah, watch out for the drone killer base. The best part is you could tell me it was for the dragons. Yeah, right. <laughs> Got to keep the dragons at bay with tactical gear. Uh, well, how about during the production of Twin Peaks back in 2017, the actors didn't even know what was going on with the pilot. So according to actor Harry Goez, which deputy uh, Andy, yep. uh, everyone only received a portion of their lines in the morning of the shoot, and immediately after filming wrapped, an assistant would feed their uh, their scripts to a shredder. I got to tell you, though, with Twin Peaks, you could release all the scripts. <laughs> yes. going you can release the show and people still not know <laughs> David what's going Lynch on. could explain exactly what he was trying to accomplish on each and every scene in oh, yeah. like exquisite detail, and you would still be going, huh? Completely confused, and you told me exactly what's happening, and I still don't get it. <laughs> the, 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 the interesting thing like I was thinking about when directors only give like portions of the script, because of that... That is how we ended up with uh, Gandalf and Magneto. Huh? Because I believe I was reading an article that he was, uh, Ian McKellen was going to be in uh, one of the Mission Impossible movies with Tom Cruise, but they only gave him a portion of the script. He didn't give him the whole script. And he's like, well, I don't want to do this. I don't don't know what the movie is, really. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. He's like, so he he passed on it, and then he went on to play Magneto and Gandalf. Oh, Oh, nice. Well, that worked out. Yeah, so... I mean, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, that one's pretty awesome. I mean, it's a good way to go about it on that, at least. I mean, do you see, you hear about people who say, oh, it was, uh, you know, my regret was not doing a certain movie or something. It's like the complete opposite of that is like, no, I got to be two massively iconic characters in gigantic franchises. One with my best buddy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, until next time, guys, stay nerdy. Your inner geek wants to come out and play, but where to go? Join Vernon Wells, the ultimate club where you and your fellow geeks can hang out, play games, and just nerd out 24-7. Whether you love RPGs, video games, or are just a major fan of sci-fi and geek culture, Vernon Wells has something for everyone. Let your geek flag fly at Vernon Wells. Sign up today and see for yourself. VNW.club. That's VNW.club.